Hello and welcome to the Mindful Man Project. This is where we discuss all the issues and pieces of the puzzle that is mental health. We look at the things in life that get people down or create anxiety in their life and hopefully give some guidance on how to become a modern mindful man or woman. I am your host, Tyson Venables. On today's episode, we have Kyle Emley. Kyle is a teacher, football captain and coach. We chat about his work around his footy club and how he is attempting to change the stigma of men talking about their true feelings. He is also doing great work and things at his school and really just educating the children about it is okay to talk about their feelings, what's going on in their life and just really holding space for the the youth of today. Kyle has had his fair share of ups and downs, but is determined to help more men in his community. Emily, she originally messaged me, she's like, you should interview Kyle. Mm. And it was like, especially like with what um, she's saying, how like you've implemented some stuff at the footy club and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Mental health and just really just kind yeah. of breaking down, how you've broken down some of those stigma type, like I yeah. know for myself, like playing rugby and stuff back in the day, like, you don't talk about it. You literally just... Yeah, like, it's difficult. It's all right, mate. Let's just go get a beer. Correct, right? correct. So it's kind of like, yeah, I want to, like, she said that you've done some stuff there in the, yep. in the, in the footy club. and Yeah. Um, the way Mindful Man Project is, it's centered around four pillars, mm-hmm. mates, muscle, mastery, and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like, there's two pillars there that really speak to me with what you're doing, like yep. mates and muscle, like yep. playing the footy and stuff. Things, yep. And then obviously, like, yeah, you, if you're implementing, like, any of that, like, obviously mastery, you're mastering both your fitness and your skill set yep. on the footy field and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So many things I can sort of, yeah. Like another coach or someone. How, yeah, absolutely. How they can then implement that stuff throughout their, yep. their life yep. and how they can obviously take it into like a change room situation and go, boys, this is what we want to yeah. try and roll out or like... Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's it's like... It's quite interesting because I was trying to think about like... Um, probably at no point sat down. I mean, at the start of the year we did, we had Tomorrow Man uh, come come in and run on our pre-season trip, do a information session or like a run-up sort of a workshop. Mm on I guess modern day masculinity um, and that was I guess the starting point for me in terms of getting some ideas and looking at this group um, how I can you know what, what we can implement that type of thing um, and so when you sort of like I never usually really sat down and went right this is what I'm going to actually do to break down some of those molds it was so now sort of looking back a lot of it was in the, um, the conversations that we had and then really I guess that sort of started the encouragement around vulnerability and allowing these guys to um, to feel comfortable and, and me sort of spending I spent a lot of time at the footy club with the guys like initially just to try to get to know them and understand what makes them tick and what they do and um, and I think when I was vulnerable to them that open doors for them to be vulnerable yeah, back like to a me too situation correct yeah and just and just completely opening up i told them about yeah like my mental health battles and um my relationship battles and my um you know things that you're going through on a weekly basis and that's just a constant thing it's not like telling them once and then going right now you can share whatever you want yeah. with everyone it's sort of like i used it as a sort of um you know, a way to sort of try and continually break down those walls with those guys to sort of, you know, that it's not just a one-off and I'm, you know, and if it's, obviously if they start to see that it's genuine and that, you know, um, you're not asking them for advice, you're more just sounding, using them as a sounding board, they sort of, you feel, they feel that that you trust them and they start to build that trust with you. I guess it's a two-way street. Yeah, absolutely. um, I think that's where, yeah. I mean, there's so many examples that I'm in my life of this, people doing it poorly I look at my work um, that are just scaling back on the pastoral care system and um, really looking at you know what they what they're doing and um, we've scaled it back from like a, uh, seeing the kids like 160 minutes a week to seeing them 60 minutes a week yeah you know, right. from a pastoral standpoint where it's not about curriculum and educate and educating them and the topic or the subject that you're doing um it's more about the you know 
actually just sitting down with the kids and that yeah. type of thing. So, mm, it is, yeah. yeah. So it's a bit of a shame, especially when it's like that's your the that's the grassroots and that's the best chance of actually changing what happens yeah. through the next generations and stuff like that. So yeah, like, I think um, for me, like the especially, you know, I've seen a lot. Of, a lot of schools, a lot of um, independents that I've worked at have. It's a little bit of a, a boys' club, you mm-hmm. know. Um, they're very, you know, historic, traditional schools, um, you know. And I've had staff members talk to me about that as well. But then, from a kid's perspective, yeah, you're you're shaping them around the same attitudes that have probably been there for yeah, still around fifty that years. Stoic, yeah, like, stoic male. And the Correct. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Exactly right. And you know, um, <clears throat> I've run. I've run classes. You know, I've had all boys classes where I've run um, activities around um, respect towards women and um, respect towards each other. You know, we've had a class who just were just support like their banter culture. And I think that's similar. That's quite, that's a male thing. I think it's football clubs, it's schools, it's, you know, football clubs and just, I will give each other a little bit of shit and then you'll be right. You know, like it's just a joke, you know, but I used sort of said to somebody once, I'm like, well, it's just a joke, maybe the first time and people might have a laugh, but if someone gets with that joke and runs with it for a prolonged period of time, that joke starts to impact on the individual yeah. on a, such a large scale. Um, well, it's funny as like you say that, like one of our friends up in Byron, we're, up, we're at her, di- uh, her house for dinner when we're up there visiting. <clears throat> and... Um, she was saying that she had a, her brothers are over for dinner mm. and she, she's like the, he said something and said, yeah, I'll, I'm, just, I'm just joking and said it again. Mm. And she really upset her. Yeah, and, and then she, so I could have reacted, mm. but she didn't. And then the next day she's like, what you were saying last night really upset me. Yeah. Like like made me really quite sad and upset and mm-hmm. he was just like holy fuck and Didn't that's the thing is like women and other people who are uh, subjected to this like like banter mm. it does generally then actually hurt them and then Absolutely. when someone actually turns around and says hey that's hurting me like oh oh shit oh, yeah. yeah it's interesting uh, I guess when I was just thinking about some of the um, reasons why these type of thing happen. Yeah. I think, I think fear is a huge one, especially for men. And I think fear, like I was thinking about what are people fearful of? And I think like, um, fear of failure is a big one, mm. but fear, fear of inadequacy yeah. is a huge, you know, and, and that takes a lot of different forms. You know, um, if you're looking at, um, you're feeling inadequate in a social situation, you might try to make a joke to try and bring, make yourself relevant in that conversation. Again. Yeah, absolutely. People laugh at you, you get a sense of gratification. It continues on from there. Even in a football club culture, you feel the same. There's 60 players and you're just a number sometimes and something you've got to sort of keep pushing the boundaries to stay relevant within, yeah. within that scenario. I, I, know, I know like when I was playing rugby and... I was one of the younger ones playing first grade. Mm. So to try and stand out, like I was that wild party kid that yeah. was, you know, like, and yeah, I went down that road at one point where like at the end of season footy, uh, end of season uh, drinks like Silly Sunday, I ended up hospitalized because mm. I was just like um, drinking. So, oh yeah, I've got it all. I can keep up with you boys. Yeah. yeah. 19 year old trying to keep up with mid 20 year olds. And they're just like, Next I see minute, that now. Next minute, I was in the hot in, in hospital, mm. on a, like getting my stomach pumped. And yeah. Because yeah, like you say, you're trying to find that your your place in Correct. That society. Where do you where do you fit? Um, yeah. And I think that fear of inadequacy flows into um, relationships, um, and that's where I, I, a lot of it um, stems. Like the anger can come from that. If you're feeling like you're feeling inadequate in your relationship, then you've got to try and assert, you know, people think they've got to try and assert power or dominance or in some way, and that takes different forms. And um, and I think that's where, you know, it's, I think, and it's, it's just in those situations, it's the men who are uncomfortable with them in themselves. Yeah. That are the ones that tend to outwardly show that, um, whether it's, you know, sadness or aggression or 
um, trying to find that dominance or bring themselves back into being adequate yeah. or feeling adequate within um, within any relationship or friendship. Um, and I think for me, like trying to change that banter culture um, is a huge one mm-hmm. because I think males um, these days are, are quite negative in the way that they interact with each other. Um, and I catch myself doing it, yeah. you know, and I, I'm trying to become more conscious of just assessing my my actions more and, and yeah, it's being, being more aware like even if like that's one of the first steps of being aware of how you speak correct and yeah it's like oh shit i'm sorry like or um yeah i think that's the thing hey so like you actually once you start to become more aware of like, mm. what you're saying or how you're saying it like yeah. oh yeah no like I'll, i'm sorry like, massively so, yeah. and from a footy club perspective it's a there's, there's so many different, I guess, parts of that environment that um, are difficult for young men to juggle because on one hand, y- the game itself rev- evolves or revolves around, um, I guess, some sort of aggression. Yeah. You know, so you're being asked to go out and be aggressive and, and, and tackle to hurt people and um, sort of walk that sort of fine line between, you know, um, I guess physicality and anger yeah but then playing the game with skill so it's always you know you should look at those aggressive players and they're hard to play against and um that type of thing but then all of a sudden as soon as the siren goes you're meant to just go oh i'm back to being a lovely yeah, yeah. person again which is difficult for some people to be able to do um especially as a younger person you don't have that mental kind of like mm. um consciousness on like how this is what this is one thing gets left here this one absolutely yeah and and you know even from my personal perspective there was um you know in coaching a footy club this year and trying to play at the same time i um there was times where i had to sort of feel i felt like i had to be outwardly aggressive to try and change the course of a game or change the 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 momentum correctly by example and there was i still think about one where i tackled somebody and i grabbed their arm and bent it behind them, you know, just in a, you know, in a moment, just while they were on the ground um, to exert some sort of, you know, if I look back on it and analyse it, it was to exert some sort of power or some sort of um, dominance in that situation. And, you know, the other team got quite angry and was like, you know, that's that's a dog thing to do. And as soon as I did it and they started to do it, I was like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not, not good. I'm not, I'm not in any way, you know, like that. And, and um, it, yeah, just that ability I feel like I'm really learning and trying to be able to as you say become aware of my actions in all scenarios mm. um, and for me you know one of my, I think one of my strengths is my ability to communicate whereas you know so but you to be able to communicate how you're feeling or what you're thinking or um, your emotions you need to be aware of them so yeah. that's the I think to scale it right back you need to be able to be aware so um, it's really interesting how that how I've evolved from this coaching and then from my teaching and when you say, you know, what am I trying to be, you know, as a coach and a teacher, it's around setting that example yeah. and, and in no way am I perfect. I've, I've made mistakes. I've looked back at so many, but I think that's when you're continuing to learn and that feeds back into what I said before about that vulnerability and, and I have said to my players, I say to my students when I make mistakes and own that mistake, be like, I think sometimes, especially with kids, yeah, you sort of look at the teacher as like all powerful, knowledgeable person who, when really, you, when I go and teach new content, I have to go and learn you that content learn again. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I spend time researching and going through things and finding, sort of trying to find engaging activities for kids and um, trying to make content enjoyable. Yeah. Um, but in no way is it just, there's, you know, no way it teaches us this endless memory or bank of knowledge that no life and all that revolves in it um, yeah absolutely and you're also making those mistakes and stuff along the way and i think that's like the sometimes the, the teachers get so much pressure put on them to be like be that all concrete mm. all knowing like yeah. philosopher type of Correct. status but it's yeah. like you are still a human yeah absolutely and still learning everything as you go like yeah i think the yeah and just the way the education system still is it's kind of still in that um, like industrial age kind of situation, Massively, yeah, yeah, and where like those people, like the teachers and stuff back in that day, were like 
and philosophers and stuff yeah, like that. Absolutely. And it's like now you guys are coming through and it's this new age of learning and showing people and everybody's learning this new absolutely. way of going. And yeah. it's like cutting the teachers some slack and mm. knowing that they're like they're still humans. Yeah. They still can make mistakes. But yeah. then it's like being vulnerable in that and massively. I think um, you know, around the education system I I really try to sort of preach, I guess, creativity yeah. because that's what's that's what's being lost and that's what's almost being trained out of kids because it's sort of like this huge focus on information and like, oh, you must know this and you're working towards getting this score at the end. And, you know, um, I think that, you know, setting kids up with habits in terms of their ability to learn yeah. is great. You know, I think that's super important, but ultimately... When it comes to any information, you can they, they'll be able to jump on their phone and find that. It's about sort of creative ways for them and what works for them for taking on board that information and then how they can creatively teach others that information. Um, you know, we, I do a lot of work on, I guess, present, presenting to the group, oral presentation skills, taking them out of their comfort zone from that perspective. A lot of my assessments sort of revolve around that yep. um, because I think that, you know, in, for them to creatively present information that they've learned that's i guess the next level up or um takes their learning to a deeper level it gives them that little bit of a, a buy-in too because they're not just ver- like repeating verbatim what they're yeah doing. correct it's yeah. A, it's so easy just to copy and paste and reword a couple of things and go there's my assessment task yeah i know that information when they possibly don't know that information they're just moved it from one platform to another yeah um and just so them actually having to think oh and i can see it on their faces there's a shit, I've got to go and actually talk about this to people. I've got to run through a, you know, a training session on a particular fitness component. I've got to, that means I've got to know about it yeah. um, and that type of thing. But I guess me trying to show, you know, showing them that, trying to, and it's just about finding that balance between something that's achievable and um, a challenge and that, pushing that out of their comfort zone. And I say that to them often is um, my job is to sort of take you out of your comfort zone on a daily basis so that you're continuing to grow. Otherwise, you, you just sort of stay at the same level. Mm. Um, and I'm lucky that you work at a school that it has some fantastic kids and fantastic resources. And, um, you know, that's what, probably why I, I love that environment. As with any school that has, you know, has any learning environment, any work has its pros and cons. Yeah. But um, I think when you start to really focus on the good parts and what you're actually doing, um, then you know, that makes it enjoyable. Yeah. So it's interesting, yeah, that um, that creativity. It's just, I see so many kids who are just, they're just almost like slowly getting channeled into that same mould. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the ones who are, the, yeah, I, I like that my school has, you know, the, we have a creative arts centre and a visual arts centre that gets a lot of resources put into it because those kids are the ones, you know, they're, they're creative, they think outside the box, they, they want to, um, and those type of people are the ones that are ultimately, I think, you know, successful. Eventually, yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. So. And this is like, they're, they're, they're the ones that you see now in society and stuff, like, they're the ones who are kind of the, the people who are the outliers at school. Yeah. It was like, have you ever read, like, Malcolm Gladwell's The Outliers? The outliers, yeah. And yeah. It's, that's those sort of people. It's Correct. just like, those select people that kind of weren't in the click groups and stuff like that. Those people that were kind yeah. of like, <clears throat> and the doers, and they were doing different things, they were trying different things. And, yeah, if you can try and get most children doing something like mm. that, then the over, the overarching society going forward is going to be a lot more of into this that creative space and like yeah. how you talk about it's like and I think yeah, with their ability to be able to create and um, it flows into I guess confidence mm. um, and then confidence allows kids and people and adults even to to be leaders yeah. um, you know I, I look back at my childhood and it was a you know um, interesting childhood and I know that um, you know we'll probably talk about this a little bit later in terms of like the yeah, with any advice you can give to your to your earlier self, but um, I, you know, look back. My childhood was an interesting one. I was like quite an overweight child, yeah, um, yeah. and um, spent you know a lot of time, and still to this day, it impacts you. Based on I remember I moved primary schools because um, of bullying, yeah, um, and not fitting in, and um, you know it's like quite funny how people 
reflect on those um, actions. I've met, I've met people I went to primary school with who have apologised to me for yeah, the way that the they, thing, yeah. yeah, the way that they treat you in those those times, and that's you know something that when you are a teacher now you see how kids treat each other, and yeah. it can be brutal. You yeah, know, it is. You ever find it's like <laughs> triggering? Like I, I, there's been a couple of times where I've been walking down the street and I've seen kids bullying other kids, mm. and it takes me back to that kid that was like in the playground getting kicked. At yeah. Time and yeah. Stuff. And you're just like, I just want to walk over there and just grab these bullies. Yeah. And just go, what? Leave the like, yeah. leave them alone. Yeah. But it's just like, like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult. I, I definitely um, see myself in a lot of kids I teach. Yeah. For different reasons. Yeah. You know, their interests, their passions, the way that they interact. Their, um, and you and you get to know kids really well. You see their, I guess, you see them start to try to be a little bit more vulnerable as well, which is great. Um, but that, and you see that, you know, devast- the interest for me in education, yeah, isn't necessarily more around the, the, the teach, the teaching of curriculum. It's more around the pastoral care. So yeah. I, I spend a lot of time just sitting in my classroom after a class with a kid who's just decided not to go out to lunch or not feeling comfortable. So they just sit and they sit on the computer and, you know, usually my, like, um, a lot of teachers say, oh, you got to get out of the classroom, but I'll just sit and do my work in there with them. Yeah. Maybe not even say anything, but it, it's Still a safe space. space and help, yeah, Correct. Space yeah. And so you know, um, I still look back at my education as a child, um, and I remember my you know um, the teachers that made a difference for me. Yeah. Um, and I want to sort of be that in years to come for yeah. students. And it's interesting. Um, I was. You know, recently we lost um, our footy, lost a footy final. We lost in extra time. You know, the whole I was devastated, and the club was devastated, and the players were devastated. And um, you know, when you reflect, you know, back on the season, and you sort of, I was quite proud of this season, but ultimately I sort of started to think more about what do I coach for? Yeah. Um, you know, in our competition, there's five divisions, so five teams out of forty six win a grand final. So it's difficult, you know, the odds are, yeah. um, it's unlikely. So yeah, it's great to win, but you know, similar from a, to my teaching is in four or five years time when these 18, 19, 21, 22 year olds are in their prime and I'm no longer coaching them, I want them to look, be able to look back and say that oh, Kyle really helped me, he invested in me, he gave me the best opportunity to improve. Yeah both on the field and as a person off the field. Yeah. Um, and so that is ultimately, you know, I guess you talk about coaching philosophy. Um, like that's one of my coaching philosophies. Yeah. It's just, to, just, I guess, and that's where it all comes back to, I guess, this, the goal of what you're doing within this project is getting men to be more mindful and understand, you know, themselves and others. And um, it's not something that, can be changed overnight, but it's, I guess, you know, I, I like to think of, like, think of myself is that you are sum of all of your actions. Yes. Um, and same as what you do, you're a sum of all of your actions. So, you know, one mistake doesn't necessarily define you if you're, if everything else you're doing is this, you're got you know, the right intentions. So, yeah. um, for me, that's, I guess, where I'm trying to go. Uh, yeah. It's, exactly. Um, and I think, like, that's where sometimes also men beat themselves up a bit, like, with that sort of stuff. They, they mess up in a relationship or yep. they mess up some something, that their finances or something on the footy field or whatever. Yep. And then it's just this slippery slope. They keep beating themselves up. And it's like, <clears throat> take the... I like this, like, just obviously being on my own journey, you... You now learn to take that learn the learning out yeah. of that shit situation. Massively. And you're like, okay, cool, like that happened. Mm-hmm. How am I not? How am I going to mitigate it and not happening again? Massively. Yeah. And is that coming down to me, or is it something else that um, was another factor? Um, yeah, I think that's for men. It's just realizing you need to cut yourself some slack sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And then just being in like inquiry onto why this stuff's happening and then being in that inquiry and then learning how to actually articulate your feelings. Yeah. Because then that's like, if you, yeah, you you strike someone in a a bar or someone like that, it's like, what the fuck? Like, why why is this coming up? Like, it's obviously because you can't articulate through words. 
Correct. What's hey, actually happening? Yeah. Just, ah, it's just a, yeah. And, and I think in that situation, um, my opinion is like it's not something that's happened necessarily in that particular space there. It's a build up. Yeah. It's, as you say, it's that that constant, probably possibly negative reinforcement within themselves about certain issues. I shouldn't have done this. And anger and emotion builds and builds and builds till there's a release point yes. of some explosive action or word or that type of thing. And, um, you know, it's interesting looking at, I guess, myself, I tend to really try to learn how to control that and 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 to be able to just you know what's a release what's a what's and football is a release you get to go out there and you 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 get to um run around and bump into people and you know i enjoy that side of things and the competitiveness and the challenge and and that's all great and and i think once you start to find your release for your emotions everyone needs to have a a sort of vice or a release um some people listen to music or go for a run or do boxing or, um, you know, that type of thing. So it's interesting you talk about that negative or that self-talk um, and probably something that I've really learnt, you know, in the last 12 to 18 months is is around um, manifesting and um, how, you know, probably scaling that back. There's that positive self-talk. I used to probably be, you know, and, and my, you know, growing up, my family was very much, I would say, pessimists. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably justified it by saying I was a realist and looking at ways, you know, oh, yeah, well, this is the situation, this is the facts. And I still like to sit back before making decisions and analyse them, write pros and cons yeah. lists and, and really weigh things up. But um, what I've sort of, the basics of what I've learned around, yeah, manifesting is like just that even if I think that something is possible, you know, not possible. It's just to start to think about it. Yeah. And as soon as you start to think about something, you know, you start to see it more and more. And yeah. You, you know, you um, something might pop up on in an ad on TV about a car and then all of a sudden you're seeing that car everywhere. Mm. It starts to become front of mind and it starts yeah. to become more, you know, part of your life. And I think that sort of flows into things that you want to achieve in your life. Um, you know, I sort of started coaching kids when I was 19 years old um, and loved it and have just it's just been a natural progression and you know get to get to 29 and um, be coaching a senior footy club and guys who are older than me and guys who are younger than me and you have a huge responsibility to those individuals around you know a huge part of their life yeah um, that's for me like a huge you know something that I sort of unconsciously manifested myself to get into that position yeah. and then once you realize that then you're like oh Maybe I can manifest bigger things, bigger and better things that I really want, you know, really yeah. want to go after and that type of thing. And that's not to say that it's going to happen. Yeah, as you say, nothing happens overnight, but um, it's... Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's like with anything, like one of my guests, previous guests, he used it as like an analogy of like um, a carpenter first day on the, on the job, uh, apprentice carpenter, mm. doesn't know how to build a house. Yeah. But over time, and you start to just gradually change little things and you start to believe things and mm-hmm. you start to really believe it and keep looking at it, keep doing it, those little things then start to build the over, like the overarching yep. picture of like what you actually deep down believe in. And then one of yeah, my other guests, Steve, he also, yeah, it's a deep belief system. As long as you believe in it, mm-hmm. like not rather just consciously, like, oh, I'm going I'm to be rich. I'm yeah, be rich. yeah, it's correct. It's like actually... Yeah. In your guts, know that like this is what I'm doing. Yeah. This is what I'm gonna do it. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And yeah, eventually like it just starts to happen. Like we're sitting here in my office and I've written stuff up on the walls and mm. it's literally stuff that I've written down, written down, and written down. And I look around. I come in here occasionally. And I come in here and go, mm. "Holy shit, that's happening!" But, yeah, I'm doing it's, that. It's manifesting itself. Correct. And I'm not actually physically trying to work for it. Yep. It's just like I know it's happening. I know I want it to happen. Yeah. And it just keeps happening. And that's it. Starts to become, I guess, a deep part of you. Yeah. You know, you start to write things down and and take ownership for them. And as you say, you're not every day coming in and ticking off a box and it's not, you know, that like, not that stringent, but it's as soon as it's in your consciousness, then it starts to become, yeah, you as a person is yeah. that, that is you. So, um, yeah, I, I, for me, it's, you know, constant, um, yeah, this is not to say that every day I'm like 
positive and, and I've it's interesting um, when we talk about that vulnerability and you know I've definitely had my share of mental health issues yeah you know, I remember um, when I you know probably it was six months after I first just started to feel really flat which is probably two or three years ago there was this it's sort of um, I was actually speaking to my friend's dad yesterday and he talked to me about his um, you know and he's in his 50s talked to me about his mental health um, battles over the years and he described it as you know just sometimes I felt like I'd just gone for a swim in the ocean and then all of a sudden I looked around and there was no land around me and it was like you just like just trying to swim just trying to get through and then a wave would come and hit you and then you just uh, come back up for air and then another wave would hit you and it's that's like, a pretty powerful life I think so yeah, and that really resonated with me in terms of like yeah I, I have I have felt that before um and then after you know, a period of time, a bit of encouragement, I decided, oh yeah, I'll go to the GP. I'll go there. And within five minutes of being at the GP, two or three questions, it was like, radio, right, there's a prescription for antidepressants. And I was like, like I want to explore every opportunity before. before. Like that yeah. for me is like the last resource. Um, it's interesting. My, my, my um, family, people in my family have had mental health issues as well. So then... You, when you're feeling like that, you can start to justify it and say, oh, it's genetic or it's, yes, yeah. it's a, I'm a product of my environment or um, this, is just, this is just the way it is for me or mm-hmm. that type of thing. So you can maybe just make yourself feel better, or, but it doesn't. It just, it just feeds into that negativity and yeah. that negative mindset. So, um, you know, over, it, took a, it takes a long period of time. I still have days where I feel down. I've never, I haven't felt like that for a while, which is great. Um, and that's through, I guess, you know, support network, for me, talking about it more, um, being open about it and, and being vulnerable about it and then helping others who, you know, um, there's people I play with who are coaching footy who, and I haven't, I didn't meet them until probably October last year, so it been less than 12 months and within this year have opened up to me about their um, mental health battles and the things they're going through and it's, I'm finding, I've been, you know, just seeing how common it is for men. Yeah. Um, and I, I think... For me, yeah, opening up, opening up initially with them about that has encouraged them to be able to do that. It's so, well. man, it's so good because it's like it just allows, and it's just like you said, like that the kid in the, the schoolyard or someone at the footy club is yep. just holding space. Yep. You don't have to like, you just, they'll come to you mm. or you can even just ask the question if you know they're not being this, themselves and then mm. just allowing them to talk it and just like, I know the hardest thing is a, as a dude, it's actually articulating how you're feeling yes yeah it is like it's like girls can go and go i'm feeling really upset because yeah i'm like i'm tired and cranky yeah for i don't know why but it's just happening yeah that's just why yeah it's like allow and then just kind of start to unpack those thoughts and whatever's going on you go I'm tired and cranky because I've had a really fucking rough day. Yeah. Like, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. And then yeah. eventually it just starts to unpack itself. Yeah. And, and I think that's yeah. just holding space for your mates and stuff at the footy club and whatever. And it's just like... Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, that's something that I try to sort of discuss with people in this, in, in this type of situation, especially when, you know, you're looking at, um, I guess, communication as a... Um, and I think one, I think the most important part of communication is listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I tend to sort of summarize it myself as listening to understand rather than listening to hear. Mm-hmm. So what I find is a lot um, a lot of people tend to just listen to hear, but while they're hearing what the person is saying, they're formulating a response. Yeah, you know. So you're not fully present in what that person is actually saying. Um, because you're wanting to, as soon as they finish talking, I'm going to say something, I'm going to respond to that. So that ability to be able to you know, just really listen to understand. Um, and it, it, yeah, I am still totally working on this yeah. huge part because I remember you know, arguing with my mum growing up and nothing would come of it because it was just like comment, 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 build, 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 leave the situation, you yeah. know. Um, there was no real listening to try and understand where that person is, is coming from and, and sitting back and if you can pause and then actually take on board what they're saying, often your response is going to be less emotional. Mm. It's going to be more calculated. It's, 
you might even write things down and write down what they're saying or write down what you're feeling and um, you know try to try to put it in a way like this that comment made me feel this yeah um, because that becomes you know the way that you've you've said what you wanted to say but you said it in a less accusatory way it's not like you did this to make me feel like this and they're like you did this you did that it's less blame it's more um well, that that made me feel like this no one can argue with how something no, made you feel yeah. and if you've come at, across you know in a way that is composed and um calm then ultimately that's going to go a, a, a longer way to resolving that in, in the yeah, short it term. Does a, it does a really quick way of diffusing a situation. Massively, um, yeah. I, uh, and that's something I've really been working with myself. It's yep. just like, yeah, like you could react. You could just keep going and keep going and then leveling up and yeah, yep. there's this final explosion. Yep. Or you just yeah, take that breath and Massively. think about what uh, you're going to say. And yeah, and, and I, it still happens with me where I... I'll just respond. And it could be, as you say, you might have had it, it could be Friday afternoon and um, and I, you know, you had been a long week and so your ability to logically, you know, sort of remain rational is reduced yeah. because it's, you're, you're fatigued uh, emotionally, physically, um, and, you're, and so you're sort of less, your, your fuse is shorter, yeah. if, for, for lack of a better term. So um, for me, I, you know, I, I've sort of learnt different times of the week or of the day that are less conducive to positive resolution. Mm. Um, you know, it's when you're in a when you're in a relationship and you um, you you working through certain issues with, and it's just friendships, it's partners, yep. it's it's anything. Um, finding those and being honest about those is a huge huge part. So. Um, you know, no, you know, I don't think anyone is perfect in, in no. that. So, but as long as you can sort of, as you say, that, that awareness is the biggest thing, um, aware of these things that, um, and, that, and that's a constant growth element. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that thing is like every different person is a different, is on their own different journey. Absolutely. So then you've got to meet that person where they're at as well. And it's just like, yeah. um, if you don't, because then you're coming in and you, you're doing all this stuff and you're trying to tell them what to do, and mm-hmm. you're like, then it's no, you're in a no better position. So yeah. you're like, okay, cool. Like, let's have this conversation at this level for yep. now. And then like, hopefully we'll meet again and we'll keep going yeah. forward. And it's just like, yeah, you take all ego out of it yeah, ego is a big one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you like I think you said you spoke to Jeremy and like Jeremy talks about ego a bit and it's just the yeah. same thing is like take ego out of it. Yeah, it's just you and your stories and whatever stories they're telling themselves. Yeah. So then you take your stories out of it and you go, okay, cool, like let's yeah, let's have a chat. Yeah, it's it's and that is that is difficult at yeah. times to be able to really um, to to open up around that and to um, because. Ultimately, you know, I guess we're taught from a very early age, you've got to look after yourself. You know, you've got to do what's best for you. you got to, you know, and that is something that I'm really working on. I'm the only child and um, it's interesting around the stigma and stereotype around only, only children is sort of that spoiled, um, you know, everything about them. And, and I, I no way thought that I was a spoiled child, but I think what's been ingrained in me is, is that I put my own self first a lot of the time. Um, you know, and even that that happens when you're an adult. People say, "Oh, you you know, you're on your own journey. You do you. You gotta you gotta go. You go. You know, yeah, do whatever you need to do." Um, but you know, for me, it's probably really being more and more conscious of others. Um, and and t- trying to take, trying to learn about other people, and that's a, that's I guess a growth thing for me that I'm continuing to try to work on. Um, it is it's. It's difficult, but yeah, especially like I, I teach, I teach 167 kids and coach upwards of, you know, 50, 60 adults. Yeah. And so you're, 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 spe- you're spreading your own energy. To a lot of people. To a lot of people. And a lot of different, a lot of different personalities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for this, this, this year, it was, this is the first year that I was senior coach of a footy club and it's been a huge learning um, experience for me just in terms of how much time I can put into you know different elements of my life how much time can I put into that football side work side family relationships and friendships 
I mean, I'll be completely honest, the balance has been off for me. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's something that's difficult to, I guess, take on board. Um, and to, but you've got to, got to own that. And yeah. be like, okay, well, how can I try and change that balance in the future? So, um, it's a constant growth thing. I'm just trying to. Absolutely. Like, especially that balance, like the life balance is just when you've got so many different like relationships mm. and you just, it's in your own relationship and you're like, when can I do stuff for me? Correct. Like, this is like, um, yeah, yep. you definitely, it's a, it's a juggling act and it's not easy. It's no. just being identified and cool. Like, I've got this in a roundabout way. Yeah, correct. And, and it's interesting, we, we had a lot of issues at the footy club this year and it was, you know, for me, it was things that I'd never seen before and trying to, um, trying to sort of work with the club to work through a lot of different things. And um, it was, that we got to a point, I think, like, you know, for instance, this showed me that sometimes more of a hands-off approach is better because got to sort of three quarters of the way through the season and we lost a game by like 10 goals and the season seemed like it was over. We were like, oh, man, we're not going to make the finals now. A few players were injured, that type of thing. And I was just like, fuck it, let's go. And I'm just going to have some fun and That's try fun, to and yeah. get, you know, and try to really embrace rather than sort of, yeah, like really, I think as the season built on, you're sort of like, oh, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. I'm going to start to put more work in, spend more time doing this. Take, the, take more time with my players because I'm going to spend more time at meetings and got to educate them, got to do this, got that, do that. And then it got to that point and I was like, ah, oh, I'm just going to um, just try and have fun. And it was after we, after we did that, we didn't lose a game until yeah. we just lost a but final. Just, the, that, the reason why you started playing in the first place was probably to have fun. Correct. Go, I'm actually really free and enjoying this. Let's yep. do this, boys. Yes. Yeah. And that sort of, you know, that, that grew and grew and grew. And I think if you can apply that same ethos to your life, your day-to-day, um, everyone has job and everyone, you know, it'd be great if we could all, you know, be holidaying all the time, because mm. it's, you know, you sort of, so, but um, if you can, you know, build those relationships with the people that you work with to make it an enjoyable place to be, work in a space that you sort of look forward to going to every day, um, for me, that's sort of, you know, what, you know, I mentioned the word success before, I was like, you know, that's brought bring about success, and then I could talk for ages about what is success. What is success, and yeah. Yeah, well, for, and everyone has their own version of success, you know, um, but for, like always a driver for me has just been wanting to wake up in the morning and be like, all right, let's, let's do this. That's like, uh, I'm, I'm excited for today. I remember when I was like 18, 19, I, I didn't go to uni straight from school. I um, worked as a lab, uh, landscape labourer and a chippy labourer for... Um, two years on it and worked at Timber Yard and I, yeah. I remember working at the Timber Yard with guys in their 50s and 60s who you know, um, had been there for 30 years um, and I was there three months and I was like get me out yeah. of here well that's it yeah. I'm a carpenter by trade yeah. and I was like there was one day I was just sitting in the lunch shed and I'm like looking around there's guys in their 40s 50s just complaining been doing it for 30 years I'm like I'm over this. Yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. No. And um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, all these things have to happen for you and for every individual in their own way to be able to learn. But yeah, it's sort of, um, it sends you on, I guess, a different path when you get to that point. And, and I guess ultimately that's, you know, I think, especially with the kids I teach, they, t- they feel the pressure of, I go to an independent school, my parents pay a lot of money, I need to be going down this path. And you know, I ask kids, what are you doing for year 11, year 12 subjects, like, oh, I want to do this, but my parents want me to do this. And that's where, as soon as that happens, you're like, how do you go about that? Mm -hmm. Or you can, you know, and I have parents come to me and go, what do you think little Johnny should do? It's like, little Johnny, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Not like, what do I think? Not what you think of parents, but what does he want to do? Because, you know, like one of the great things that my mum always encouraged me to do was just, if you do stuff that you enjoy, you're going to do it well. Yeah. You know, and I know that when I enjoy something, I know the amount of effort I'll put in to that. Um, and so, but I also know when I don't enjoy something, my, my effort wanes, it goes, yeah, it goes down. So for me, it's just finding what, what can I enjoy doing regularly. And so, um, hopefully you sort of start to get to the point where you can do that. So it yeah. just takes time. It does. It does. It's, yeah. it's a, well, it's the way you hear, you know, put on this, just to try and work out your 
your path over your lifetime. Yeah, yeah, and you, it's, it's interesting, yeah, like I, I've been sort of, I guess, um, thinking about, you know, I, when, when I was growing up, I remember my mum went back to uni when I was sort of in my mid-teens, and that's when I was probably trying to fit in, and, you know, I guess, what, like, one thing I was thinking about in, when, before, like, driving here today was um, my, my earlier self, you know, and I, I was quite a, you know, because I got bullied, I wouldn't say that I was ever a bully, but I was quite reactive. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a bit of a short fuse. You know, someone would poke it and I would sort of react, which is ultimately what people want. And that's something I've sort of worked on to try to not to be. But um, I probably get yeah, around my fear as a child was that being an only child, I used to spend a lot of time on my own. Um, you know, I used to kick the footy around in the court on my own, kick it to myself and that type of thing. And and then when I went to high, I, I have a, sort of a few you know regrets about my high school journey because... I remember having a really close group of friends yeah. and that group of friends were, I guess, the outlying group. We used to go and play video games with each other's house on a, on a Saturday night, um, you know, and, and that we played indoor soccer and, you know, I remember that we, we, they were just, uh, they were just happy. I remember thinking how happy they were, but I had this sort of like need at that age to be one of the cool kids you know so i probably like left that group to try and invest in these people um who i thought were the the bee's knees the cool kids the ones you know who would i thought they were like you know the good looking crowd you know they could had all the girls interested in them and if i'm there if i hang out with them then that'll be sort of what um how I'll, i'll be like that um and ultimately as i got through my middle and end of high school and then into adulthood i realized those people were not the type of people that i wanted to hang out with at all Mm -hmm. they were you know insecure and they were you know they were bullies they were people who just had to they were fearing their own inadequacy and hanging out with that group was feeding that yeah um and then it got to a point yeah but i was just like well i'm not friends with my i've lost this group of friends and i don't want to be group of friends with them so i'm sort of in the middle i don't have that um and at that point and I, I sort of then started to realize that having that the quantity of friends really means nothing yeah it's all about that quality of that person and you start to sort of figure out the people as you go along and people come into your life for like a reason season or a lifetime and everyone teaches you something and you got to be able to take those lessons out so yeah I probably yeah wish I you know look back on my um, childhood and say you know just sort of live with less fear yeah I, you know I guess so you know that it's like and, and then now you sort of learn that it's okay to be on your own and that you can survive and, yeah. you can, and then you can sort of beat to your own drum a little bit from that standpoint so I, I understand it's such a huge balance and I'm learning this balance because you know we talked about before not being like that and thinking about other people more but for me I'm just trying to figure out okay what's the let's Where get the scales yeah, let's get the scales that. right so um yeah, it's really interesting down that path. But so that's probably leading into one of my questions anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, what would you tell you? Maybe three things you'd tell your younger self? Yeah. Is that one of them? Is just like not to... Is that yeah, of one of them would be definitely around the fear. Um, yeah, because I was a very, I guess, fearful child. And, and there's probably an element that's still through with that as an adult. You know, um, I am fearful of, you know, probably the financial thing I'm like quite fearful of you know just being conscious with my money um, you know and that's got pros and cons fearful of um, huge change you know but when I look back and it's just about that for me it's a constant reminder and self-talk that things that I've done that have taken me out of my comfort zone have always ended up positive yeah you know and that I'll be you know if I try something and fail at it you know it's um, it's going to be okay yeah. everything's going to be all good and ultimately you uh, you're going to survive no matter what. Um, I think, you know, for me, it was just, I looked back at my childhood and, and I was, one thing I'm proud of is that so I was really taught about respect. Um, growing up just with a single mother um, who, just the two of us, and I was definitely taught about respect for women. And I think, you know, when I look at, men these days it's there's obviously um you know a large focus in in the world and in media at the moment around um, treatment of women domestic violence is at the forefront of the media a lot of the times and 
um, it feeds back into that fear of, for men of inadequacy and failure and, and why, do, why do men do that but, and pa- asserting power and dominance. Yeah. But um, I think that I have, uh, like, ran, uh, through my teenage years, my mum was quite a feminist. Um, but what that taught me was some real, and some, I guess, personality traits that will allow me to be really conscious of how women feel um, and I, I, I really get along. I have friends who have partners. I really get along well with them because I feel that I, you know, can really um, just sit down and listen and, and, and sit in a comfortable space. So I, I would definitely give some advice to sort of the young men that I teach, possibly not myself as a child, yeah. but de- definitely the young men that I teach around their, their treatment of women. And that's part of, I guess, a lot of the language that I use and I pull up or, you know, call kids out on is the language they use towards women and mm-hmm. about women, you know. Um, and I think that's that last comment that I just made then, that's sort of a real thing for me is a lot of men are actually quite good if there's women around, but when it's behind closed doors, when it's just the boys in a group and the language they use about women and I'm going to be a bit of a bloke and yeah. show off a little bit and, yeah, oh, that, that girl or that... You know, the, the derogatory terms and um, the way they talk about it, I think, yeah, it feeds into that pack mentality and um, that banter and, the, you know, the, the I'm trying to be powerful and stand, you know, stand, yeah. hold myself in that in that space. So, um, and I think probably the, the last one I'd sort of is vulnerability. Um, and I, I struggle with that now. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, you know, when you go through relationship breakdowns and heartbreak and, um change in career and you, you you've built up this wall you know build the bricks up to be able to close yourself off and protect yourself from any pain and so um for me i am really just trying to not be like that mm-hmm. as much as possible and i would give that advice to 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 young people and to myself because you know, i remember like thinking that my year 10 girlfriend was you know Oh, the, the, be, the be all and end all. And when that ended, it was like, what am I going to do with my life? You know? <laughs> and, and, um, and, and yeah, so I just, it's just that constant, you know, just reinforcing to yourself. And then I would definitely tell my younger self that, that that's not the be all and end all. It's, yeah. it's that your, your life and, and you and, and where you're next going is going to be other people who you're going to meet and, um, take you, teach you lessons and take you in a different direction um, and that type of thing so cool yeah um, it's it is interesting when you sort of yeah I analyse all of the different parts of my life and the messages that you want to get across to people there's there's a lot but trying to streamline those down to be ones that are sort of that resonate um, with you with me yeah I think that's the, the finding yeah Finding you, and you know, I know you sort of talked about it a lot through social media and about you know finding your own voice and finding your why. And yeah. um, I'm still trying to do that, but it's sort of starting to become more clear. It starts there once you start to think about it, and you kind of like mm. put like put stuff down on paper, and yeah, oh, like like you said, you actually when you start to write stuff down, you like, yeah, and you actually rather than like journaling you know how sometimes you just journal all your thoughts and just yeah and that has its positives positives, yeah the the days that you sit down and you write down you go okay cool like yeah even just like we've got downstairs in our in our on our fridge we turned one of the doors on our fridge into like a a little bit of a goals board and yeah our values board and um it wasn't until I was standing there and I was looking at it like, what do I actually really, mm. like, what are my values? And yeah. it was just like connection and fun was two things that just really just instantly came up. Yeah. And like, I hadn't really like thought about it. And, but it's, and then it's also what this is. This is a connection. And, Correct. And it's like how you were talking about with the footy, like with footy, it's mm. like, as soon as it loses, it's fun. It just... You literally, it's like, I, I remember when I, that's one of the reasons why I stopped playing rugby because mm. I just stopped having fun. Yep. Because it was just like, oh my God, like we got, we got towed up a couple of times mm. and I was just like, I'm just getting frustrated here. Like, yeah. I don't want, I don't like, I don't like losing. Like, no. I'm getting frustrated, frustrated at my mates. And so it's like that fun element left. And I was just like, you know what, maybe it's time to pull up stumps for a while. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's yeah. probably a nice reminder. I can think of that comment there as a nice reminder for me. It's just that that's the I guess the reason why people play football at the heart of it. Mm. And people might sort of you know have different reasons. It might be for like I enjoy the fitness side yeah. of it and the challenge. And you know if you get paid to play footy, it's great. You might earn a little bit of extra money yeah. on the side, and you're like, okay, this is this is um well positive. But ultimately, like for me, yeah, for me, someone could pay you as much money as you like, but if you're not enjoying it or you're not seeing some benefit. And you're like, oh, this is just, it's not going to last long. It's, well, not, yeah, it's not sustainable. It goes into any job. Correct. Anything, anything exactly. you do, like, you're not, like, you can, like, you coming back to what you said, like, just being able to get out of bed in the morning and enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Like, regardless of what you're doing, mm-hmm. like, like, making bread for, as a baker, building a house, yep. going to a corporate job, if you're dragging your knuckles in there, yeah, you're not going to be enjoying it. It's not that. sustainable, is no, it? it's not sustainable. And yeah. Ultimately, we are here for a short time and you want to be able yep. to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this, the, the people, this conversation, hopefully, you know, and this type of project that you're putting together and, um, you know, there's a lot of different ones down this sort of line, if collectively, as I said before, that us as individuals are some of our own, um, you know, some of our own actions, yeah. but if as a society or as a you know, broader community, if we're all a sum of our own actions, then the more people that just are talking about vulnerability and masculinity and what it means to be a man and, and, and all the things that we've talked about today, um, the more people that are doing that, then the better that is for Absolutely. the community because, you know, not one person is going to come and change the world or the way we see it or, you know, um, it's just probably quite, you know, I guess in the forefront of people's minds at the moment based on recent events and people dying and mm. you know suicide and male mental health I know last week there was a huge you know huge talk about Danny Frawley yeah, and his yeah. mental health yeah. his mental health battles and there was a lot of media coverage and his friends within the media talking about his journey and their journey and how great he was and you know that, that's that's great I think it's so so important but it's can we sustain that can yes. that conversation be still in the forefront and that's difficult because obviously media and social media is just looking for what's the next story or then what's the next yeah. story or what's the next story. But if we can constantly bring it back and, and have those conversations and, um, you know, for me, it, it's, it's, for me, I'm lucky. I, I sort of feel that I am quite open to having these conversations yeah. with people, but there are people who aren't. Yeah, exactly. And that's because they haven't been taught how to or they've never been exposed to it. So, and um, I think you, you put up on Instagram the other day about the mental health plan. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's what a lot of people don't actually realise. You can go to the doctors and you say, look, I'm feeling quite anxious and yeah. I'm struggling to sleep or whatever. And like, I'd love to go and talk to someone about it. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you get 10 free visits to a, a psychologist. Absolutely. And it's so good. Like I, at the moment I've, I'm on, like, I've got a mental health yeah. plan. Yeah. Because like I was battling some anxiety like four or five months ago. Yeah. And still, I, I go there now and it's actually turned into a point of like a growth yeah. situation. Massively. Like, I don't have, that anxiety's not there. Yeah. But I'm still using them to be able to then now go and get, cool, no, how can I now level up from where I was? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and continue to... It's that snowball effect. Massive. And when I went there the first time, I'm like, holy shit, the world's caving in. <laughs> it's that, oh, man, I've felt, I felt that when, you've, when I've been there been to myself I'm sitting in a waiting room just thinking the walls are getting in are coming in uh, this is this is why am I doing this yeah. I need this there's a stigma around it and as you say it's just about breaking down those walls um, and trying to change that stigma or stereotype because yeah I think what you said before it's you know it's I think it's pretty clear that males suicide rates are higher than female and you know, I think because women have this t- tendency usually to be able to talk about what they're feeling, as you say, mm. or just sort of like, yeah, this is how I'm feeling because of this more, more often than not. And, and men, yeah, we just sort of just go, just, oh, you, you can't cry as a man. You've got to be, you know, be tough. And that's what you sort of taught us. I, I remember my dad saying that to me, you know, yeah. like, um, and so, but I was lucky that, you know, that sort of, that my mum was sort of allowed me to do that. I'm, I would say that I'm quite an emotional person and, um, and definitely not afraid to sort of, yeah, to cry or to, you know, because I, I think that's a huge release. Absolutely. Um, and, and to sort of, but for me, it's, yeah, it's showing others that that's okay. And, yeah. um, which can be quite difficult because you, you, it's all well and good when you're doing it in the privacy of your own home, but um, the, the real, sort of, and I, the term I was going to use is step to the line. And it's yeah, interesting. because they, yeah. And yeah, like when we did the Tomorrow Man, we did the step to the line activity. Um, 
where there was a, a scenario posed and it was like, all right, would you do this in this scenario or do this? And if you would, if, the, if you would do the more challenging one or the one, and the, the scenarios were great. I can't remember too many of them, but they were just talking about that there was one response that everyone would have felt that knot or the butterflies in their stomach and they just stepped, if you stepped to the line for that. And I, I use that analogy now with, with, with footy is that, you know, if you hear somebody talking about about women in a derogatory way or you see, you know, any form of domestic violence or you hear about it, stepping to the line is putting yourself out there to try and stop that yeah. or to say that's not okay. Yeah. Um, I've been in situations where I've heard people say things and I'm like, and haven't said anything. Yeah. And, and that, you know, but I'm trying to get to that point where I, you know, more often now as I get a bit older and feel a bit more confident in myself, I, I do say stuff yeah. and um, it's, it's... And it's like, that, when it comes down, I think like even that, oh, it's like, how do I? Correct. How do I, how do I get this out of it? Hey, without going, that's... That's, like, yeah. Like, in an angry way. In an angry way. Because that's not going to help it's anyone. Like, yeah. yeah. You're right. And that's, where that learning about communication is a, is a huge one. And um, I think, you know, we talk, I talked before about the education system. We're teaching kids content, but we, we should be te- like teaching them how to communicate, mm. you know, and how to communicate with others, how to communicate with themselves, how to, you know, um, how to be emotionally vulnerable and what does that look like? And, mm. you know, I think that, I think, yeah, it's, We've got a long way to go, but I think we're spending a lot of time on the right areas. And yeah, there's a lot like of you said, the people talking about it now. And yeah. If that snowball keeps happening and people keep talking about it, then it may eventually start to like leach its way through everything yeah. else. And I think like my, my passion is helping, you know, the young men and that because I think hopefully they can resonate with me, being mm-hmm. a young man myself and um and I'm I'm sure you're in the same boat and just trying to change that culture one sort of day at a time one step at a time um and it's um it's just trying to, it's good to i guess sit down and talk in these situations with like-minded people who have similar goals and ambitions and um and just build that sort of community of that that you know as time goes on you can really have a group of people that are all pulling in the same direction and, yeah. and trying to change that together so i think it's really good yeah and that's like um what tom says that on tomorrow man is like yeah. we've got a bunch of little spot fires here there and everywhere people doing things yeah it's like getting everybody on a front yep and just like coming through with men's mental health and lining up and yeah like standing up and going yep. this is what we're all doing correct as a collective rather than a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. Just like everybody mm. start talking about it yep. and doing it. Yeah. Mm. And that's, yeah. And that's where, you know, it's, that's where you got to put ego aside and be like, oh, my, my job over here, like that's, that's one part of it, but it doesn't really matter how I do. It matters how we do as a collective to try and, you know, um, build, build, as you say, a united front on and trying to do that because ultimately, and I say this in, in, in a football context and in a, probably the context of this conversation is that you you know you can win together but you can or, you, but, or fail on your own mm. you know as you say an individual in a football team you can't one individual can't win you the game um, you've got to be a collective group trying to pull in the same direction and if you're all pulling in different directions that you aren't going to get that far yeah so um, yeah I think it's we're trying to work down that path anyway everyone's got their you know little niche areas that they're trying to do but the general goals are all pretty similar, which is great. So, yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, we might wrap it on that. Awesome. Um, where can people catch you if they want to? They want to catch up. Yeah, I have. I, I mean, it's interesting. My and this is probably an area for me, and it's probably a bit of a self self conscious area. Like from a social media standpoint, um, being a teacher, I tend to keep things relatively yeah. private from that. But I do post a lot of things around that to my particular group. I, a lot of the people I coach in footy tend to follow me and go down that path. So, um, you know, for, I'm probably at that point where, you know, this is the starting of the journey for me around trying to sort of build, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the people that I speak to. Yeah. And I talked about the numbers of people that I do at the moment, but, you know, growing that is the next is the next step. And we'll just see how, how we go. I'm yeah. sort of looking in what the best medium for me or the best platform yeah. for me to be able to do that is. But hopefully I can just continue to speak to people like you on, on this type of forum. And, um, you know, I've had conversations, as you said, with Jez, um, you know, just in, in, 
in private conversations and start to work because you know he's great at talking about this stuff and there's so many people and you know there's people at my footy club who are doing things around you know the Movember and yep. um, and looking at the, the I guess the the, the the masculinity side of things so um, I'm just going to continue to try and work within my space at the moment to yeah, see where that takes me absolutely great and um, it's as you say just trying to figure out what it'll come to me what 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 well, shape that takes. When it happens, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So we'll just see how we go with that. Awesome. I really appreciate you having me. It's been Thanks great. Awesome. You have a special announcement to make. Due to the popular demand of our Janjuk Yoga Surf and Fitness Retreat, we are doing another one up in Byron Bay, New South Wales in March 2020. So if you would like to be involved, head to the show notes. Send us your email through the mailing list. Date you with any of the updates that we'll be rolling out very shortly. We'd love to have you there, so make sure you join up. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. If you like what you heard and want to get all the info, check out the show notes. While you're there, rate and review the show. And one last thing, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Until next time, my friends, continue to look out for each other and continue to lift each other up.